You're listening to the Rob Review Podcast. Evan Rob and Laura Rob share their thoughts and opinions on teaching, learning, and leadership. And now, the Rob Review Podcast with Evan and Laura. This is Evan Rob, and I am here with Laura Rob, and you are listening to the Rob Review Podcast. Laura, I'm excited about today because I know you wanted to ask me a couple questions about school leadership. And, and just so our viewers know, I have been a principal, a building level principal since 1999 and uh, have learned a lot over the years and uh, want to be able to share some of the ideas with those who are listening to us. I know you have a couple big questions for me, so let's begin. Okay, my first question, Evan, is there's a lot of stuff rolling around about what makes a good leader, what a good leader should do. But I know that your major belief is developing that collective efficacy in a school. Uh, can you give us some insight into that? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a great question. Efficacy is a key for a school to be successful. It's a key for a teacher to be successful. And just so we're all on the same page in terms of everyone who's listening to our podcast, efficacy is the belief that a person can make a difference. In the case of education, a person can make the difference in the lives, life or learning of a student. Collective efficacy would be the power of an entire staff all focused around that same belief that they working together as a team can make a significant difference for the children that are in their school. And what I hear from what you're saying is that the principal develops that sense of collective efficacy, um, but then in turn, individual teachers have self-efficacy as well as students because if you believe in yourself then you can risk making mistakes or failing use that as information to make progress you point to three levels of efficacy from the building leadership the principal admin team to the teacher to the student when schools are functioning at a very high level, there is no doubt that all three of those are working together in sync and in tandem. I will say that it is challenging um, for schools to be effective if the people in leadership positions do not have a high degree of personal efficacy. And I would also say that part of the role of being a principal is not only having a strong belief system in students and of course the people that are in your building and the capacity of all of those people, but also the principal's ability to communicate that vision. And that has to do with understanding what your personal why is about. Now, we'll talk more in another podcast, but I would always encourage viewers to check out the YouTube video from Simon Sinek called The Golden Circle, where he talks about the power of your why, your personal why. And in the case of education, a why would certainly be a belief that all children can learn and all children can be successful. Effective leaders believe and effective leaders communicate. That's all outstanding thoughts for people to process and think about. And I know that you have discussed that a lot um, at different conferences. You've discussed that with your own faculty. But you also have written a blog on efficacy. And in that blog, you point to seven ways. Can you start discussing those ways and maybe begin with communication? Communication is critical. So we're talking about efficacy and we're talking about belief systems. People need to know what you believe when you are in a leadership position, and that needs to be communicated. So the power of communication, the power of telling stories, the power of working with teachers and 
consistently communicating what you believe and having that be ingrained in the culture of your building is very important for schools to be successful. I hear that, but I think you know that along with communication, the school needs to have a right, the right climate, the right environment, so that the communication is heard and processed by staff, and they in turn will communicate to their students. That is absolutely correct. School climate is critical for schools to be successful. At the most basic levels, if you're looking at a Maslow sort of model, students and staff will not be able to learn if they don't feel safe within a school. And safety is critical for students and, of course, staff within a building. Absolutely. And in line with that, what makes a climate safe and what develops that trusting relationship between you and teachers, teachers and students, and students and you as principal is that power of positive. Could you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. You know, trust is a foundational part of a school, just as efficacy is. And teachers and students, just as I said, they will not feel successful. They will not be able to learn if they don't feel safe, nor will they be able to learn if they don't feel trusted. And trust and safety go hand in hand. So that's something that school administrators need to constantly work on to help staff be successful and create the right environment for students to be able to learn. So to develop a school like that, a lot of times schools have people, teachers that don't want to join in you know, all these changes in their ways of thinking. So how does hiring staff help you bring about this trust, this safety net for everybody, and the result is collective efficacy. Well, you know, that's a great question. So hiring staff has a lot to do with that, especially as you're looking to continue forward progress within a building, to build culture within a building. But it works best when you understand what you're about. I mean, you understand what your building is about and the culture and the the sense that you want within your building. The better that an administrator and teachers understand their work environment, the better they can hire people who have a high degree of congruency with what they believe. And this takes me to something that's equally important, and that is professional development. You're talking about understanding your belief system, knowing who you are, knowing your why, so that you can work together, collaborate, and meet the needs of the population you teach? Professional development's critical. Now, you and I have talked a lot about this, and I'm happy to share it with those who are listening to our podcast. I am becoming less and less a fan of professional development that I would call is one and done, where people go to a workshop and they learn for one day or just a couple hours, uh, and then they're supposed to come back and make it all part of their practice within a school. My opinion is professional development works best when it is created to meet the needs of a staff and it is ongoing and supported throughout the entire year. Professional development has a very high likelihood, if it's orchestrated correctly, to increase the pedagogical skills of teachers within the classroom. And I would argue very strongly that as pedagogical skills increase, efficacy increases. Because when, you, when a teacher has more ways that they can work with children who are struggling, they are more likely to keep their belief system intact. If a teacher only has one way of instructing and it doesn't work, then that can quickly compromise 
their personal sense of efficacy, especially uh, how they view students within their classroom. Okay, so today you've given us a lot to think about. Communication, climate, that positive outlook, knowing your why, uh, hiring the right staff, professional development. Where does creating goals fit into all of this? Goal setting is, is an important part of being successful. I, I have found over the years that it's important to work with staff to create goals that have meaning to them and for people to work collaboratively on working to achieve their goals. I, I'm not a big fan of goals that if a person doesn't meet them, they're punished. I don't believe that that's an effective way to go about goal setting at all. However, I believe that goal setting that is based off of data that is based off of need um, through discussion or through, again, through looking at data is an extremely effective way to chart the path and keep people focused on very particular things that they want to achieve as they move throughout the school year. I love that you said that punishment doesn't work if someone doesn't meet their goals. That's true of teachers. It's also true of students. I think that in our discussions, we both have agreed that we look at whether you want to call them mistakes or failures or errors as information that can support our growth. We will then see positive change in a school and slowly but surely the mindset change to that collective efficacy. When, when people feel safe, and this goes for students and staff, they are more likely to be creative, they are more likely to engage in taking risks with their creativity, and they are more likely to innovate. When an environment is fear-based, people hunker down, they do not want to take chances, and they do not want to take risks because they're afraid of getting in trouble. The administrator can set the tone in a building for an environment where people are comfortable to take risks, where they're comfortable to be creative, where they're comfortable to be innovators, or the administrator can do the exact opposite. Uh, that is certainly not something that I would ever um, want to be supportive of in any school in America. So, you know, Evan, what you're talking about today is, is so important for administrators in a building, but I also see how it affects me as a coach that a lot of the things you're talking about have a lot to do with me helping teachers directly move from maybe a non-growth mindset to a growth mindset, and then it filters down to students. Laura, you um, thank you. you know, you're absolutely right, and growth mindset and fixed mindset are certainly something that we want to talk more about in the podcast in the near future. But I'll leave our listeners with this. If anyone has bought re real estate, they realize that there's three L's for real estate. It's location, location, location. And if you are an administrator or a teacher in America within um, public or private schools, I want you to think about the three R's, which are relationships, relationships, and relationships. Because without having that, the foundation for all of the things that we've talked about today, they simply will not work. Okay, Evan, I thank you so much for sharing your thoughts on collective efficacy and on the seven ways that an administrator can reach out in a school to achieve it. Thank you very much, Laura. Look forward to further conversations. We hope you enjoyed the Rob Review Podcast. Check out our blogs at therobreviewblog.com and tell a friend. Thanks again, and see you next time.